Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts uh, and this is season four, episode 170, um, bear with me, 100 and no 170 at all, 130, uh, I got my numbers mixed up there, uh, 130 uh, and we are in the week of May the 2nd to May the 8th covering um, Exodus chapters 35 to 40 and uh, Leviticus chapters 1, 16 and 19. Uh, and today we might get to the end of the Exodus chapters uh, and then try and cover uh, the Leviticus uh, portion of our study uh, tomorrow. Uh, we have further uh, kind of instructions and directions for building the mm-hmm. tabernacle. Uh, and of course, one of the things we should be looking out for um, is the links to the Saviour. Now, um, what I do like uh, is how when he taught when we talk, when we learn about uh, the Ark of the Covenant, um, it talks about in verse six, and he made the mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half was the length thereof, and one cubit and a half the breadth thereof. Now, the mercy seat is kind of it's representative of the throne of God, and this was placed in the holy of holies, and it was such a sacred place that. Uh, Generally, only once a year, um, the, the high priest was permitted to enter into the Holy of Holies and to bring a sacrifice on behalf of the people uh, to the mercy seat. Now, of course, you can see straight away uh, the symbolic uh, parallels between that uh, and the way that our Saviour, our great high priest, um, it intercesses between us and the, and the law. But notice um, that... This seat that is the throne of God is not called the justice seat or the, you know, the divine seat. It's called the mercy seat. And of all the things uh, which you could name that seat after, for me, it it gives me a great sense of hope and a reassurance that the, the throne of God in this tabernacle was named the mercy seat. Um, this just indicates just how important the attribute of mercy uh, is to our Heavenly Father. And how much he desires all of his children uh, to come unto him. Uh, and of course, it must be done through the atoning blood of our Saviour Jesus Christ, which is, of course, um, symbolic of all the sacrifices uh, and the um, things done on behalf of the people and us. Um, or, well, in, in the ancient days, it, things done in behalf of the people <coughs> with these sacrifices. But if you remember, um, I watched a, a clip um, of how the sacrifices were done uh, that was made by the church. And it's one of those videos that um, is, you know, from the 70s or so. And it's uh, a little bit uh, over the top, I suppose. But uh, basically it depicts a, a young ironic priesthood holder um, and a and a brother um, who's in his probably four, 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 50s or something, 40s or 50s, something like that. Uh, and this this brother takes him back in time. And he's meant to represent him as a younger person that he meets. Um, and it, it's very interesting. But basically, they go back in time to the tabernacle and he, and he talks about the tabernacle and the um, symbols of it. And one of the things that it shows is what happens when the people uh, made this uh, atone, at- sacrifice of atonement. Um, it, they would bring this lamb uh, to the high to the, to the priest uh, at the tabernacle uh, and the priest would get the lamb uh, kind of ready on the altar uh, but then they would hand the knife to the individual and the priest would cover the eyes of the the lamb 
which represents kind of the innocence, first of all, of the lamb and how um, they had done no wrong and they did not see um, the things that were that were that were done wrong. Um, it, it, it wasn't the fault of the lamb. Um, and they would put the hand over the, the head of the lamb and this would kind of transfer or the person would put their hand on the lamb and this would transfer, as it, as it were, their sins uh, to the lamb. And then they would, they themselves would have to slit the throat. Um, now, of course, the video doesn't show the actual slitting of the throat because that would probably be uh, a bit too uh, graphic uh, for a church-produced uh, clip. Um, but it was, it hit home just how symbolic and how much um, steep, how steeped in the atonement uh, these practices were. That our Savior would be the one um, to take upon Himself our sins. And how each of us individually uh, must do that, um, and recognize um, with godly sorrow, when this is a part where repentance comes in, how we have had a part to play uh, in that, um, in how the Savior had to accept uh, what He had to accept uh, at the end of His life, uh, the sufferings in the garden, the persecution and mockery by by the, those around him as he was taken into captivity uh, and of course the agony on the cross and um, those things all represent him taking upon him your your mistakes my mistakes each individual needs to recognize that uh, and that must be a part of our repentance process um, as it was uh, with the people making these atonement sacrifices where they would transfer over the sin, their sins onto this lamb and then have to make that final act themselves um, rather than the priest doing it. The priest would, of course, then take over from that point and prepare it uh, the correct way and deal with the kind of the stuff afterwards. But the actual slitting of the, th of the throat had to be done by the individual who was seeking atonement. And that is just a, a very uh, symbolic um, and important part, I think, uh, of that atonement sacrifice to conclude the final couple of few chapters of exodus we have some more instructions uh, very specific instructions uh, about the altar all things pertaining to the tabernacle uh, further discussions on uh, who was going to make what uh, the discussion about the garments that were made for aaron and the priests um, we've got the ephod of gold and blue and purple and scarlet and we talked about gold, blue, purple, and scarlet, uh, and how gold was, um, of course, one of the gifts that was given to the Saviour. Um, and you'll find later on as we get through, um, I don't know if we'll get to that point, so I'll mention it here as we see this mention of gold. Um, frankincense uh, was used in um, one of the areas of the tabernacle as a burning incense, and myrrh was used at the on the outside. And myrrh was this uh, kind of bit, would produce this bitter uh, smell, um, and it was in the outer courtyard of the tabernacle that was used. And then frankincense was used in the kind of the inner portion that wasn't the Holy of Holies, but um, the, the next step in. And that gave more of a sweet smell. And then, of course, gold was what the ark, the mercy seat, was made out of in the Holy of Holies, uh, which is pretty fascinating when you consider the gifts that the Saviour was given uh, when he was first born uh, into the world by the wise men. And not to mention the fact, you know, the the symbolism of the smells that these things created the myrrh the bitter the bitter smell the um the bitter cup that would that the savior was willing to partake of 
uh, and then the sweet uh, smell on the inner uh, area of the tabernacle, which of course may represent the um, the hope and the peace that comes from the atonement. Um, it is um, the love of God, uh, which is, of course, represented by the tree of life in, in Lehi's dream, which, which produced fruit that was sweet above all the other fruits that he, that he had had. Uh, so lots and lots of symbolism here, and we could keep going. We are going to stop there, and I think we'll move into uh, the um, Leviticus chapters uh, tomorrow, just after we conclude a couple of things from Exodus 40. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing it with us. Please do share your study, uh, what you've learned about on the Facebook page. That's Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. Thank you for your time and until we meet again.